Welcome to today's Master Coaches Wednesday Weekly Buzz. I'm Bob Petrucci, joined by, by fellow Master Coaches, Fran Flory, Mick Haley, and Bill Walton has just joined us. So we're excited about Bill being on. Uh, our topic for today is AAU Junior National Championships, with a special emphasis on boys' junior volleyball. Our guests are Joe Gara, Executive Director of AAU Volleyball, and Joe Jablonski, Director of Volleyball. Welcome, Joe and Joe. Thank you. Well, thank you, and, and, and thank you for having us on your show today. Well, we're glad to have you guys on again, and we're, we're excited to talk a little bit about AAU Volleyball. So we want to dive right into this. Uh, so I'm going to ask Mick Haley to, to go ahead and ask the first question right away. Hey, thanks, Bob. And thanks, Joe and Joe, for coming back on. We're pretty excited to have you guys on. But but I'm not going to dive into it. I'm going to jump into it right away, uh, Bob. Uh, I'm excited about getting going. We know that boys volleyball is the fastest growing sport uh, right now in America, men's sport for sure. Um, and... We think we know you guys for your boys' championship, AAU boys' championship. You've been sold out now for two weeks, and you have over a 1,000 boys' teams coming to Orlando in the latter part of June. Am I correct about that? Well, we're close to a 1,000, just just shy of a 1,000 coming to Orlando this this July, July 1st through 4th. And would, would, would you say that's the most you've ever had? Yes, the most we ever had was last year, and, and this year we increased 300 teams. Wow, wow. So that puts you in a position of really the key tournament for boys volleyball in this country. Is that correct? And there's not a bigger tournament, and you offer the largest national boys championship this year? Yes, that's the case. We do offer the biggest the largest boys championship it's a as you guys know it's a separate championship it's it's a separate championship than the girls and it is the largest in right now well this this just didn't happen uh overnight there's some work behind the scenes but do you intend to be pretty much the the people that stimulate the growth of boys volleyball from here on out or how do does this all work? Well, we we hope to be that that organization. Uh, again, I think I think for the past few years, uh, we've done what we've promised. We've communicated with the boys' clubs. By the way, the the club directors of the boys are just outstanding. They're every every discussion we have with them, they talk about what's in the best interest for boys volleyball, and and that's kind of our model too. Model is the uh, all our decisions and everything that we do we try to put boys volleyball first. And I would say that's that's kind of our story. That's how, how it's been working. And we've, we've basically partnered with the boys clubs and the boys teams. And, you know, we've talked to uh, boys clubs, boys coaches, boys event operators, and even boys referees. And we discuss, you know, what how can we make things better? How can we turn this national championship into the best ever. So every er, last year we thought we had a good one and we've enhanced it this year and we've added and proved things to it. 
So that's I, I think that's I think they have a certain trust with us that uh, that we're doing things right and we're doing things in the best interest of the boys. Is is this all you need to do to secure the leadership of the of, of the boys volleyball uh, throughout the country, or are there some things that you have planned that you can share with us as to how AAU is going to continue to secure this leadership? Well, again, uh, I, I try to think of it as as we do three things. First of all, we retain what we have. You know, we we try to make sure that the people that we have currently we do what they, what is good for them and then we approve upon that and and for instance this year we're taking our nationals and we're adding some feature courts we add the bleachers we have some more signage we're making it look more and better as a national championship so we're trying to improve and then after that we are trying to expand and by expanding we're still partnering with the jva that the boys with JVA, so that's growing by that's growing a lot, and also we're we're partnered with uh, First Point, all right, trying to develop boys, and uh, as you guys know, the uh, as the you know there's added boys to high schools, and they're trying to get to colleges and so forth. So that's that's the steps we're taking to improve the boys, but it, it's the same record basically. If if you do what's right for boys volleyball, they will come. So can you be a little bit more specific? Because you're right. You can't just offer a nice tournament every year and, and think that that's going to be your give back to development of boys volleyball. First Point, for instance, you brought them up. First Point Volleyball Foundation has uh, started with grants over 50 new collegiate programs in the country. They also have been responsible for assisting in at least nine states going volleyball high school volleyball certified for a state championship. How can you help First Point and other organizations that want to continue to provide opportunities beyond the club level so that it increases the number of kids in club who want to take advantage of these opportunities? Well, I'll, I'll just speak, and then I'll let Joe speak for a little bit because I don't want to hog the uh, camera here. But uh, okay. again, we, we've tried to... Expo give them exposure, all right, and helping them get exposure with our program and our clubs, and we're also giving them some financial uh, uh, backing. Can you, so, you speak to financial back? Because J uh, JVA, for instance, uh, has donated one hundred fifty thousand dollars to USA Volleyball. Uh, sorry, to First Point Volleyball uh, just recently at. Uh, they now have turned over the running of their boys' events, as I understand it, to Three Step, which is a, an outside group that's uh, buying clubs right now. Mick, they they partnered with Three Step on their girls' side. Actually, on the boys' side, the JBA and the AU are actually event partners uh, for for events in the Midwest right now. Good, that's good to clear that up. How about how about the the financial part of it, Joe? Uh, are you guys making substantial uh, uh, contributions to First Point and, and with over a thousand teams? I mean, that's a lot of revenue coming in. Where is that revenue going and is it going back into boys volleyball? Gura. Okay, that, that's me. <laughs> uh, well, again, at, as, as you know, 
running a event for a thousand uh, teams isn't just free money. All right, we have to. There are expenses. We've improved what we did from last year. Security is much more, as, as everybody understands. We more medical, more, uh, of course, the rental and so forth. So it's just not all money coming in. But I'll answer your other question. The with the other question, some of uh, some of the monies that go come in for the volleyball uh, tournament promotes other sports and other activities and 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 some of the inner inner city programs we have with AAU. So it's just not a pure volleyball uh, event. So when you asked if, if we do, uh, we do give monies to some of the, the sports that are in need of money in the AAU, and we do run some of the programs through AAU. But as far as uh, first point, uh, JVA has been uh, donating to them a little bit longer than we have. So give us a few years before you compare what we're giving and what they're giving. All right, so uh, that's all I would say about that one. Interesting, interesting. So, I guess I guess the question is, can you continue to offer a tournament that the West Coast will make the trip from coast to coast every year to play at? And what's the incentive for them to continue to do that, uh, rather than maybe go with the third organization that might start a tournament midway across the country. You know, Mick, one thing I think that the AAU does very well that's very appealing is the not stay to play. So when the boys all come to Orlando, they have free reign to stay in hotels, summer houses, whatever they want. And that was one of their biggest uh, uh, asks for us was, can we, are we going to stay with the non-stay to play rule? And they like the idea of coming in and being able to select the properties they're doing. They can book their hotels almost a year in advance if they want. Uh, they can book their airfare in advance to Orlando. So when we first brought them to Orlando last year, we told them to give us an opportunity to show them what we can do while we're in Orlando. And since they've been there, we've gotten nothing but great feedback from them. Now, like you said, there is a lot of travel coming from the West Coast, uh, but those guys have been super excited and understanding that when they have tryouts in in the fall, they know that the next summer where they're going to be playing in June and July. So they're working with us, and we're happy to have them in Orlando for as long as we can keep them there. That's a great segue. Thank you, Joe. Great segue for Fran to jump in here because she's got some questions about what what all is entailed in that kind of thing, running the tournament where you stay, convention costs, all of that. Franny, jump in there. All right, so the, my questions um, kind of evolve around the entire event, because it's not just a boys event, it's a girls event as well. So share with us how many, you know, over almost a thousand boys teams, how many girls teams will be there this year? Okay. Uh, you're right, it, it's it's 20 day, it's actually we're, we have the convention center for 21 days. 16 of it is a girls tournament. We have a day a day break to get ready for the boys. And then the next four days is, is the boys tournament. So we want to make sure, again, that this is a separate tournament. So the girls tournament needs different needs than the boys tournament. There's separate needs. And we try to we try to partnership, as I, as I stated before. I did I let Joe answer that one. What we do with the boys, we partner with the boys club. We partner with them to see what 
is in the best interest of boys volleyball. And we do the same thing with girls. You asked how many teams we have uh, at this point, right now with all the ads and the drops and so forth, we have approximately uh, uh, 4,250 girls teams coming to our tournament, which is about 700 more than we had last year. So totally, we have about 1,000 more teams, which is 20, about a 25% increase uh, in our national championships that we had last year. Some of it's because we run uh, a good tournament. Some of it's because everybody's coming out of COVID. Some of it is there's more people in volleyball. And, and what, we, what we need to do for both the boys and the girls, and we, we look at the overall program of volleyball, and we, even though we have that, that 40, for approximately 4,300 teams is 60,000 girls, all right? And, and the boys are probably uh, closer to about 15,000 boys will be there competing. And you add coaches and so forth. We're up to 90,000 90, people going through coaches and athletes. But again, at, at, we have to look at, at the future, look at everything. That's only about 23% of our membership of volleyball in the AEU. So we have, oh, we have over 250,000 members in the AAU for volleyball right now. So we have to, we have to fit a program, not just uh, we're talking about the national championships right now, but we have to fit a program that all these athletes, all these 250,000 plus athletes enhance their volleyball experience in their local areas, in their district, regional, and, and the Grand Prix and Super Regionals that we do. So I, I think that is why the, the numbers are increasing because we are developing a program for the total volleyball athlete. They do not have to come to national championships. Like, like I said, 23% come, which is, which is crazy compared to other sports. And some of the other sports, six or 7% of your uh, maximum memberships come to the nationals. Well, in volleyball, we have 23% and that equates to what you asked me the first question, that equates to about 4,250 4, teams. That's pretty amazing. The numbers are staggering, honestly, for our sport. And, you know, all of us have been in that convention center for this tournament for the girls' side and watched it and the number of courts. So my question would be, you know, you're, you're aligned with Disney or used to be. Are you still aligned with Disney? And does the Orlando... Conventions Bureau, do you get some help from the city of Orlando? Because presumably you're bringing in a whole lot of revenue into the city just beyond the tournament. Yeah, our our economic impact to Orlando was just around $250 million last year. Uh, with our growth this year of, of you know, over 25%, uh, we think we're planning on the economic impact with doing numbers with Visit Orlando probably would be closer to almost $400 million. Um, we partner with Disney on the girls' side of the event. So we'll use 11 courts at Disney uh, during the 16-day girl event. Uh, we also run most of our championships over there. Um, and then when the boys come in, we actually added 24 courts on the west side of the convention center to uh, be able to accommodate all the boys' teams that are coming. Visit Orlando helps us with a lot of different stuff, communication, signage at the airport, uh, signage up and down iDrive, signage around the hotels, restaurants, all that stuff. And then also communication with the community around them to be able to allow them to know that all these people will be coming in, you know, 
we'll have over 300,000 spectators come through as well. So 300,000 spectators, like Joe said, 90,000 athletes and coaches, you have 400,000 people that are going to be in Orlando over that 21-day period. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So, you know, having traveled with teams and done this, is there any other place in the country who has a convention center that's maybe more centrally located that could bring kind of an influx of people from both the West and East? Is there any other city that can do this other than Orlando? Orlando is probably the best city to do it because it's a tourism city. It's built for tourism. The hotels, housing, restaurants, everything like that is already there and in place. Chicago has the biggest, McCormick Place is the biggest convention center in the country. Uh, but the hardest thing is it's in downtown Chicago and hotels and availability of rooms over, let's just say, a 20-day event is very hard to come by uh, because there's so much going on in Chicago already. This year, USA Volleyball is there for their, their junior championships, 14s through 17s. And at the same time they're there, they have an Indy car race going on in Chicago. So the hotel rooms are taken between volleyball, all the, the spectators and fans for the Indy car race. I mean, that's a lot going on in Chicago. And, and downtown's a great area, magnificent mile and all that, but they don't have enough housing for all those people. So I have one last question before I turn it over to Bill. Is this the largest junior volleyball event in the world? I believe it is. Uh, okay, just to, just to look on it, we're for boys, we're using 188 courts. All right, I'm, I don't think there's any place in the world that is using 188 courts in four days for boys. And for girls, we're at uh, 170, 100 and, uh, about 174 courts for girls. Yeah, Fran, we set a, a Guinness World Booker record back in probably 2014, 15, somewhere in there for their largest girls event. Um, and to be honest, we haven't even gone back to see uh, what those numbers were because I think they're that's probably about 2,000 teams ago. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Bill, take it away. I, interesting to see how the funding from all this goes. And you got her, Bill. Uh, yeah. So just as an overall general background for all of us, what is the stated mission for AAU in terms of their overall mission for creating sports for the Olympic sports movements? Do you want me to take that, Joe? I can take yeah, that. Yeah, uh, sure. Our mission statement is sports for all forever. All right. And after the, after the sport, AAU is 135 years old started in 1888 and we were at the time we selected the olympic committee i mean the olympic teams in all sports and then the sports act came out and that's when all the ngbs moved in and so forth and our mission since that time has been mostly to focus on the grassroots program and that's what we've been doing for uh when 78 1978 where the grassroots that where the sports act came out our mission is to to offer athletics to youth youth only but it is we have adults also but it's sports for all forever so with that in in mind i'm a i'm a parent of a basketball player who plays in the aau championships and franz the parent of a volleyball player and we're sitting talking and we've as we're discussing 
we're talking about our entry fee into the tournament. And I, the basketball dad, says, yeah, we got to pay a lot of money to go to that national championships, 300 bucks. And Fran goes, 300? We wish we were only paying 300. It's 895 for volleyball. So my question is, why is basketball so much less than volleyball for an entry fee? Well, two, you two different sports, Bill. They each sport, you know, we're kind of in in for volleyball. We're kind of in line with all the other major events across the country. And to be honest with you, we give everybody um, basically a two and a half month window to get a hundred dollar discount. We open registration January fifteenth. And from January 15th to March 1st, our registration fee is $895. So if you register early, you'll save $100, which is a lot less than some of these other bigger three and four day event uh, costs. And then after March 1st, it goes to $995 per team. Basketball is, is a different di dynamic when it comes to team registrations and events. They're not renting the convention centers and things like that. So they have some different co hard costs compared to what volleyball has. And, the and tournament Bill, let, let me exp expand on that a little bit because I, I mentioned a little bit la a few minutes ago about how the national tournament is 23% of our, our total membership. Well, if you're talking about membership, basketball and volleyball are the same. It's a $14 membership card for basketball and a $14 membership card for volleyball. Now, when we don't control a lot of the invitational, we don't control any of the, the cost of the invitationals in basketball or volleyball or those type of things. So once the, the coaches and the club owners decide they're going to be playing, then they, they decide which event that they want to go to. Joe speaking uh, about our national, national championships. But as far as the total memberships and what we try to do, Sports for All Forever, it, it doesn't matter if you're a wrestler, or a basketball player, or a volleyball player, or a swimmer. The membership fee for to be an athlete is fourteen dollars. Well, I understand all that, but as a parent, my question is: What's different about the volleyball tournament that it would cost eight ninety five, and the basketball tournament that it would only cost three hundred? What's the difference in the cost? That seems to be a large. How many, for instance, how many boys basketball teams participate in the AAU boys championships? It's a great question, Bill. That's another department we'd have to get our basketball guys on here for you to talk to. Because uh, I know you run, do. I know they do from first grade to senior yeah. year of high school. So they've and got they're a much a different because they run their their championships by grades and by age, and they're all over the country. There's some of it in Hampton, Virginia. There's some in in Ohio. There is some at Disney uh, in Orlando. But those guys are running their tournaments. They kind of spread out the age groups across the country. Um, so, so everybody little, doesn't come to one site. That's correct. It, it's a completely different uh, uh, base on, on how they run their events and, you know, where, where the finances are going and things like that. Running a convention center and, and, and taking that time compared to running a gym sometimes is a little different cost. And, and the same is with other sports too, Bill. The, uh, I know – gymnastics they their entry fee is nine ninety five dollars an athlete all right now it's an individual sport but it's ninety five thousand an athlete you don't break your basketball you don't break down to ninety five dollars an athlete or do you volleyball doesn't same as track and field track and field is a little bit larger numbers they they probably have as many as uh uh seventeen thousand athletes at their national championships 
and uh, again, I think their I think their entry fee is um uh, it, it's that's a little different because the city controls the event. It's an LOC organization, but I'm thinking the the entry fees for track and field are as much as thirty thirty five dollars for them. And so again, it, it depends what sports you're at, and it, it depends what how what the competition of the fees are within that sport. 21 days, this is, this popped out and I don't, we haven't really followed up on it. You have the convention center for 21 days. That, how does renting a convention center for 21 days, how does that work? Is that a strictly a cash outlay or is there some kind of, you're going to have this many people here and you're going to be using this many rooms. Does that affect what they, the convention center asks you to pay? Yeah, we, we have a, a great deal with the Orange County Convention Center, obviously, for, for the longevity that we've been in Orlando. And when we rent the convention center, we rent all the north and south side. We get all the conference rooms and meeting rooms in there as well. Uh, a lot of that space, Bill, is used for team rooms to go and eat. It's used to, we do some recruiting seminars. Uh, we have our, our some of our trainers upstairs. We have some of our vendors and picture people upstairs up there in the mezzanines and things like that. But yeah, renting the convention center for 21 days, there is a fee, there is a cost. Um, you know, some of it depends on what Visit Orlando is is helping with as well. Obviously, we have to report hotel room pick up to them every summer so that the next year they can adjust the rate if need be. Uh, as you guys know, you go into any big city, it's all about heads and beds. So we do have to track that information and, and we have a a partner that does that for us and she and her company are in charge of tracking hotel rooms, uh, whether they're staying in hotels, whether they're staying in uh, summer homes and things like that. So there's a whole, um, you know, formula, if you will, that we have to go through. So you don't use stay and play, but you do have somebody who advertises venue, um, hotels and places to stay for teams. And then you have a way of keeping track of that. That's correct. Yeah, we do not do state of play, but we do offer a housing service if you need it. And some people use it, some people don't. Um, but we always offer as much help as we can to our customers. How do you track somebody who doesn't use your agency? How do you know where they're staying? Every team, when they come to check in, uh, everybody sent a Google document form prior to the event. And we asked them to fill out just to let us know where you're staying. We don't ask many details. We just kind of ask what property are you using? How did you book your rooms? Because then we can take that back to visit Orlando and then they can do their uh, formula for the convention center rental. Uh, but at check-in, they also get a hard copy piece of paper that we ask them to fill out as well. So we have two methods of tracking that internally as, as we can. Right. So then after the tournament's over, you guys got to spend a, a little bit of time accumulating and, and aggregating all that information. Let me ask you, what do you expect to grow? Can you grow another 25% next year and have enough space? <laughs> if you're building convention center space in Orlando, <laughs> Bill, we'll have that conversation with you tomorrow. So, uh, you know, it's funny. Joe and I, we spend every other week in Orlando. Uh, I live in Dallas. Joe lives in Cleveland. And we're in Orlando every other week. We've met with the convention center probably, I don't know, six or eight times in the last uh, – six weeks, I would say, talking about future growth. We do have the convention center through 2031 right now um, with different varied number of space. So 
the AAU is staying in Orlando. We're not going anywhere at this time, uh, but we're always asking for more space. Orlando has a, just under 2 million square feet, and we tell them all the time, if you can give us 2 million square feet for 21 days, we'll take it, and uh, we'll wow. do our best to expand, right? So, Wow. Well, Bob, what about I got competition a bunch of different questions. I got a, I, I, you know, I have a, they left me with the smorgasbord of questions. <laughs> All right. We know from an announcement earlier in the year that JVA has partnered with Three Step Sports for running their tournaments. Right. But it looked like last year AAU was partnered with with JVA running all all girls and boys events. Uh, what is the AAU partnership with JVA at this at this time? Our partnership with them is on boys' events only. Uh, their partnership on girls' events is with Three Step, um, and they kind of co-run those events together, similar to what we're doing on the boys' side with them. We run um, four events with those guys right now uh, on the boys' side, and they're they're co-run and co-branded. So we work together on you know doing all the the tasks and duties of the. Uh, of the event and and those are all based kind of in the midwest right now uh, we have a gentleman out in california that runs a bunch of uh, aau boys events uh, in southern california and um, we let him handle that as 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 much as he can out here so so joe did that did that partnership change from last year to this year i mean it, it appeared that you were doing you were partnering with with the girls last year with them as well we, we had never partnered with the JVA on girls' side. We had just sanctioned their world challenge that they host in Louisville, was an AAU licensed event, and I think that stopped in 2020 or 21, right, Joe? Yes, twenty. I think 21, yes, 21. Yeah. yeah. But we on the girls' side, we, we've never co-branded or co-ran an event together. Okay, so does the partnership with JVA with the boys include any responsibility for a three-step at the AAU tournament? No, none at all. all right, how Joe, about? Can, go ahead. Can I interrupt just for a second? Sure. Joe, sure, everybody always says run. We help run. We help run. What do, when you say you help run? What does that mean? So when we like we ran an event in, in Chicago this fall for the boys, we had just under 600 teams uh, in Chicago this this fall. So we both run the event together. Uh, Adam Beck, who's their event director at the JBA, was in charge of seating the committee, getting teams in, things like that. Joe Gurr, myself and, and then another executive committee member, uh, Lane Newsom, were at the event. So we helped tournament desk staff. Uh, we help with ticketing. We help with all that stuff. So what we do is obviously, as you guys know, there's there's tasks that need to be done from ticketing to merchandise boots to laying courts down to scheduling to just managing the tournament desk. So we split the responsibilities on all those duties. Joe Gurr, uh, the, the AU connection with Volleyball League of America. We we had Loy and Tim on last week uh, on our show. Uh, you know they they mentioned AAU and, and it was just part of the show. Was uh, you know can you uh, expand on that a little bit? 
Yeah, we're trying to enhance our partnership with the VD, VLA. I know uh, someone's having trouble pronouncing that, if I remember watching your uh, your. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Somebody we're was. We're stumbling over yeah, all the different pro leagues because we've yeah, had yes. three different yeah. ones on. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we are we are we encourage VLA to come to our tournament. I think it's a great uh, exposure for them. It's great exposure for us. And we're just trying to, we don't have any uh, partnership right now with them, but we're encouraging both both sides. Okay, so, so they're definitely in Orlando uh, during the boys' championship this year. Yeah, they'll be playing on June 2nd and 3rd. Uh, they're going to have, I think, six or eight teams, and they're going to run their uh, VLA championship there, kind of a pool play into bracket play. So they'll play over two days. Um, all their athletes are AAU members, you know, which is, is something that we require them to do. And we're excited to have them there as an activation for the boys and uh, the young athletes to come and watch them play. And we'll put them on two of our championship courts so that they can see the uh, the older men compete. Yeah, so the VLA championship is in actually in the convention center with the other event that's going on. That's correct. Right. They'll be they'll be using our new feature courts, which we have more. Ble it's a, it's we we purchased four feature courts that have AAU. They're they're very nice with bigger bleachers. It's going to make the championship court look so much better, and they'll be part of that process. Uh, they came they came two years ago. They couldn't come last year due to some uh, scheduling issues. Uh, I think it was more or less one of they were regarding what day the boys were playing on a Friday, Saturday versus a Wednesday, Thursday, where they, some of them, some of their VLA members couldn't come. It wasn't, it wasn't for lack of not wanting them or wasn't for lack of them not wanting to be at our boys championships. It was purely a scheduling issue for them. So yeah, we encourage them to come. It's, it's a, it's a great asset to have the VLA there. I mean, they they come and they they don't do a, a clinic per se, but they they're out and they're talking to kids, encouraging kids. It, it's a it's a win win situation for both organizations. So we want to continue that. The VLA has a YouTube channel, so they'll are they going to televise on their YouTube channel from the AAUs? Do you know? They will be yes. And does AAU do anything with television for the championships? Any streaming? Yeah, we have live streaming with uh, Baller TV. Gotcha. So, Bob, can I ask one quick question here? Uh, on the four events that you partner with for boys, like the one you were talking about, Chicago, what kind of what kind of uh, income do you generate from from those events that goes back to AAU? Well, Mick, when you go to Chicago, it's a Union City, so yeah. the income comes. It gets really light in the pocket, if you will, because. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, union costs that go into that. So, uh, but what we do is we, we pay all the expenses with the JVA and then we split the profit that we have at the end of it. And, and both sides, you know, will take home a little bit of money, but it's for us and the JVA is very similar. It's not about making money. It's about giving the, an opportunity for the sport to grow. And for us, that's the most important thing. But, but it is profitable. There is a little profit. Yes. It's right. not as big as everybody might think it is. That's for sure. <laughs> You're not going to tell me either, are you? No, sir. You won't pay my bills, so I can't tell you that information. Yeah. <laughs> I got to keep some of it secret. So, well, I'll receive got... them. I just won't pay them. Yeah. 
I like to, if you guys have a moment, we have four custom courts that we're going to uh, to have at our national tournament. Bob, if you let me share my screen, I'd be happy to show you guys if you want to see what they're going to look like. Absolutely. Sure, go ahead. So it says host disabled participant screen sharing. So let I just me need see to if do... I can. This, this is going to be a challenge. I want to see this. Get the technology guy going. Yeah. All right, Bob. There we go. That's We're your screen. Running on there. the beach. All right. I'm sharing sound. All right. It said I share. I'm sharing it with you. You're sharing your screen. You got to make sure that uh, the participants can share as well. Well, that sounds like a real challenge. <laughs> All right, Joe, you got it. You are yeah. approved to share your screen. All right, let's. You know, Bob, I got your screen, and then I don't have control of, of my screen, so I don't know what happened there. Oh, here we go. There's something coming. Here we go. Oh. Let's see. I would suggest that Bob unshares his screen. Yeah, Bob, unshare exactly. your screen. Okay, let me see if I can stop the share then. This means our next show will be a technical show on how to use yeah. Zoom. Yeah, it's uh it's not letting me uh let not letting me share it, but uh there we well, go. I don't know. I think you got you can do it now, I hope. I got it now. There we go. Let me get into this uh See, that's why I call him Mr. Jablonski, because he's, <laughs> he's right in the airport and he's great with IT. Well, well he's working on that, uh, Joe Gurr. I, I got another question for you. Yes. All right. Uh, USV, US, USAV uh, is now offering their tournament, you know, $100, $100 cheaper or thereabouts. You got three step. You got triple crown. Uh, it's co the competition keeps increasing. Uh, if a nonprofit organization offered an event and put all the profits they made back in the boys volleyball, would that have a negative impact on your tournament? Do you think? I don't think it would. I, again, our tournament, as I, as I, I don't want to be a broken record here, but it's it's because of our partnership and loyalty to the boys clubs and, and some of the other things. So uh, again, uh, I'm not sure if it, what difference it would really make. It, the difference would make if we stopped running a top level program for them. And then, and then it, wouldn't, it wouldn't matter who was, wanted to do the, uh, the program, they may be leaving. But as long as we continue to cooperate, not cooperate, because of that, as long as we work together as a partnership, we will, uh, we will be great with them. Joe, uh, Joe, I did see that screen, but now I don't see it. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm letting you talk, and I'm pulling all okay. four of them up so you that we can show okay. them all at the same time. So, uh, Joe, again, we are aware of what USA Volleyball does and what Three Step does, and so forth. But we really have to. With 250,000 members, we have to really focus on what we are doing and try to, as I said before, uh, do what's right for our people that are client, our clients, or our memberships right now retain, retain our people, make them happy, make sure we're we're doing what's right for them. And then we have to improve. And, and these uh, courts are going to show you how we're trying to improve. 
and then uh, expand after that. All right, well, go, Joe, these look great. I'm seeing them on my screen. I don't know if everyone else has seen them. We are. We need a, we are. Need a master coach's card. <laughs> that comes with that comes with some donation money, Mick. There's no doubt. Oh, we'll hit you on your pocketbook later. So oh, all we did, guys. Trying, is... I, I've been trying to find out how much money you guys are making, but you won't tell me. <laughs> we yeah. uh, we went out and got four custom floors, and each floor has got its own uh, personality, if you will. And uh, this is one of the floors here. Uh, this here is another one. This is the Roger Gowdy courts. Roger Gowdy was our, our national volleyball chair for almost 30 years and uh, was also um, our national uh, president and CEO of the organization as well. Uh, so we kind of took this court and donated. Roger had a big saying all the time, we are AAU. Every meeting he went to, uh, staff meeting or a delegate meeting or whatever. We he always ended the meeting at we are AAU. So we thought that was important. Um, the cancer awareness court for us is kind of you know it touches everybody in some way or some form. Uh, everybody's got a, a a touch there. So we thought it would be important that we create a court and and be able to do that for for all the people that have had that touch their lives at some point or some time, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll refer to that, Joe, for a second, if you put that back on, uh, yeah. if, if you want to. The um, we, have a, we have a program in AU called AAU Cares, where we try to give back to the community, give back to kids, teach, teach the athletes responsibility, teach them all these things. So like a, like a track athlete would go or, or to their track meets, and they would come with... Uh, maybe maybe socks and so forth for disadvantaged people in that in that city uh, some of the basketball teams would come with brooms and sweep the area around around the court around the the city what we do we do a uh, we one time we had a uh, packed pack lunches for 60,000 underprivileged children uh, so we had we had 60,000 lunches made and pre uh, prepared by athletes, so the volleyball athletes, volleyball coaches, volleyball referees, just that's what our AU Cares is. Our AU Cares also has a Think Pink Day for our girls, each for uh, uh, waves. So this is kind of the, the, the theme of the Think Pink Week and, and some of the things we want them to uh, just start thinking as young adults, young and be good citizens give back it's just not all about that one game you're at it's about giving back and and this is some of the things that uh, dr gowdy roger gowdy put together and and this is this is this is some of the what that is joe are these courts terraflex or sport court they're uh they're made by a company called versa court that out in dalton georgia and they're similar very similar bill to sport court okay well, Joe, uh, both Joes, I, I know you guys mentioned last year about uh, having master coaches down at the at the tournament, <laughs> and of course, of course, uh, last week, um, you know, Loy and Tim had mentioned the same thing. Uh, I don't know if you guys are serious about that. We don't want to add costs to your uh, already costly event, but uh, it'd be it'd be fun to be down there interviewing in the girls' event, the boys' event, and and then being able to highlight the the pro league so if uh you guys are serious about doing that uh we talked about it a little bit uh in our planning meeting i think it would be a, it'd be a lot of fun 
Well, Bob, why don't you and Joe Gurra get together here as the week goes on, and uh, and we'll let you guys kind of talk through that there a little bit. And, and Joe Joe kind of approves all vendors, and uh, one of his tasks is he wanted to make the tournament more volleyball centric, and we got what what he would call the the flea market of of the vendor alley that we used to have. Uh, he got rid of a lot of that stuff to make it more volleyball related. So. Uh, that that would fall under his area for sure. Yeah, we we need to talk about that. What do you guys need and and so forth? Uh, you know, at this point in time, space is limited. No. We do not, just so you know, we we do not have our vendors on our uh, tournament floor any longer. They're on the second floor, and all food sales, except for a couple of things that are against the wall, are on our second floor too. So so our, the only two. Uh, vendors on the floor are our partnerships with Molten and our partnership with uh, Lady Dog, I mean, uh, Lucky Dog, Lucky uh, Dog. merchandise. Yeah. And uh, those two will be on the floor. But, you know, we have 100, like it's 151 courts, and mo many of those are the extended courts. So it's just not a court that everybody's used to seeing. So, yeah, we let, we, if you're serious about it, let's talk about that and uh, we can come up with something. Yeah, we're not selling anything, but we truly want to promote volleyball, and we'll be happy to help you promote it. Uh, Just keep Mick out of the conversation, because I don't trust that guy yet. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a tough one. He's a tough one yeah. for sure. But I just want to thank you guys. Uh, it, it was great having you on again. Uh, you know, again, we learned a lot about AAU, uh, more about AAU volleyball, uh, where the boys' tournament's going. The, the growth of the event is phenomenal. I think securing your leadership role in in youth and junior volleyball is, is critical, for, I know, for you guys. And it's critical for us who want to see, you know, volleyball continue to grow. So, so yeah. thanks very much, both you guys. Well, well th thank you. And again, if you come and watch the event, it's, it's sports at its best. All right. Everybody knows the, uh, you know, the work ethic, the time management skills that these athletes go through the life skills they work, the teamwork and so forth. But you also get to see a smile on their face while they're performing and they and you show success. So it's it's very fun to watch our event. And I encourage everybody to come and watch it. Thanks, guys. We'd be happy to have you down in Orlando, even if you were just there visiting. And uh, uh, we'd love to walk you through the facility and show you the updates probably since some of you guys have walked through there in a couple of years now. All right. Sounds great. Thank you guys Thanks. again. And Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Call me about if you guys really want to come down. All, All right. right, we'll do it, Joe. We'll stay in touch. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. All right, so we'll transition now into our uh, buzz reaction. All right, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with Fran and uh, get your feelings and thoughts on it. Well, I, I mean, I was impressed with the sheer scope of the number of participants, number of teams. I knew it was big, but I don't think I realized it's that big. And, and then the follow-up is where we were all kind of pushing, trying to figure out how does this event and all of these events pay back to the sport and continue to grow beyond just providing an event? You know, how are they making the sport better? And I think from a coaching's perspective and from a leadership's perspective in the sport, we have to kind of change the mindset a little bit and get people to use some of that money in either coaching instruction 
additional opportunities, something to create a little bit more and a little bit better for the sport, boys and girls. I would agree with that statement. Uh, you know, I, it, it, I think they are doing some good things. I mean, when you're growing your tournament, you know, even on the girls' side, 25%, and it's more like 35 40% on the boys' side, you, you got to be doing something right. Uh, and, and we want to, you know, and there's been a void. The reason they're do, being able to do this is there's been a void uh, in our country and the demand is there, and they're they're really taking care of that that demand. Uh, Bill, your thoughts? Well, the first thing that strikes me is something that Mick said weeks ago, and he said that there's actually more participants than there is tournaments. And um, I think that that's obvious just by hearing that 23% of their membership goes to the national championships, but that means 75% are playing someplace else during the year. So there's a lot more people still playing, and obviously the championship could get even bigger. I think that the AAU championship, from looking at the AAU and the USAV championship, it would appear to me that AAU championships are growing at a greater rate than the USAV championships are. And I think the major reason is something that Joe hit on that might have just passed over, but that, that, that a club can actually today make reservations in Orlando for 2024 and know that their club's going to the national championships without having to go through a qualifier situation is huge for a club to budget and plan for the future. You want to save money. You want to make travel plans and hotel plans plenty far in advance. And you want to be able to tell all your parents at your club that we already know what we're doing and we know where we're going to be. And that can cut some costs because if you don't have to pay $900 for three or four qualifiers plus the travel for three or four qualifiers to try and get into the national tournament, um, AAU provides a much easier way and a more economic way to get into a national championship than USAV does. So it strikes me that more and more people are starting to see AAU as a better alternative than USAV. And then the third thing is, since there are so many teams, and that's what three-step recognizes, that there's room for another group to run tournaments and even national championships. And three-step already ran an 18th championship this year. I don't think it's going to be far behind that we'll see them running girls and maybe even starting to steal into the boys and running their own championships through three-step. and eventually. Because they're partnered with JVA, I think you'd see JVA and Three Step create their own championship, or maybe even a third party come in and run a championship. Because the the ability, if you can get the venue, obviously, as they said, if you can get the venue and you create the tournament, they will come. So if you can create a better model for teams to come, I think the door is open for another, even a third party to run tournaments. Well, before I switch this over to Mick, I, I got two things I'm, I'm, I want to ask the group. I guess I was doing some technical stuff and missed the answer to the question I think Fran had asked about uh, Disney's involvement or support of the event. Uh, does anybody remember what their response was to that? Or was it just an additional expense? I think they, Jablonski shared that they partnered with using Disney's venue. And I know pre-COVID, uh, at least my memory, is that Disney did do some extra things and help with the tournament in additional ways, but I'm not sure post-COVID, 
Disney has the same commitment. So I don't know that for sure. I've kind of heard that. And I was hopeful that Joe Jablonski would share a little more about that because certainly he would know that. But um, I think that they still partner using their 11 courts that they have on Disney pro property, but I'm not sure that they are partnering with merchandise or any other ways at this point. All right. The other thing that, that was a little bit concerning to me as a volleyball person uh, was it, it sounds, Joe Gura had, had mentioned that, you know, some of the profits from this event uh, appear to be siphoned off to support other activities within the AU. Now, of course, AU can do whatever they want with, with the money they make, uh, but, but I'd like to see them, you know, keep their leadership role because they're doing a great job, but also part of that leadership role is, is, is reinvesting in the sport and continuing to, to grow the sport. Uh, I'd like to see them doing that, especially in the boys' boys realm because that needs so much help right now, uh, collegiately as well as high school. And now I'll give it to Mick because I know he's going to go on a rant. I was just going to say, you get me going here. So I, I could do a rant. Um, and, and the word that I kept hearing through the whole 30 minutes was give back. Uh, but I never got a figure or a specific what give back really meant and what what was being given back, okay? Uh, what I say is this. I say all the teams coming from California, they, they became uh, upset with USAB, the boys did, and so they came to AAUs for a number of the reasons the guys said. Now, let me throw these numbers to you. This is right from our show. $895 entry fee per team. That's over $900,000 in just entry fees. We couldn't get a, an answer on any other uh, income, but it's well over a million dollars in income, uh, gross income for this event, if not a lot more. I heard $400 million of income to the Orlando community. If we want to sustain, and one of the questions that uh, one of our, our people asked was, how are you going to sustain this? And it was all about give back. Well, you know how they could sustain it? If First Point Volleyball Foundation in the country has raised over $4 million and have put that money back into scholarships for boys programming at the collegiate level, that's how you're going to sustain opportunities for boys volleyball. Fran and everybody else will agree that the women's volleyball club is, is dictated by scholarship opportunities at, at collegiate institutions. Well, we have so many people playing, hoping to get a scholarship uh, from the girls' clubs in college. And the more colleges that, that offer, uh, there are 300 and close to 350 Division I schools offering, but a total of 900 schools offering scholarships. Uh, so you can see what that does to the growth of girls' volleyball. And it's been tremendous. If we could have every one of the Division I schools offering boys' volleyball, we could do the same. So what AAU could do to sustain their tournament is they could give back to a, a partner like First Point uh, a stable amount of money per year that would allow First Point to run their operation and get out and get more donations instead of having to use those donations 
partly to, to subsidize the people that are out asking for them, if they could give back enough money that that operation could could work yearly, their tournament would grow to its max. And <clears throat> they wouldn't lose the quality uh, uh, in any way. And there could be other tournaments start, but they would be doing a great thing for volleyball, for boys volleyball, because they would be creating a way for other people to help get more opportunities for these club boys to play. More clubs would have teams. Uh, it would be wonderful. And, and I think AAU would, would benefit tremendously just from taking the responsibility to help uh, promote and sustain uh, the men's game. So that's, that's my take on all of this. And, and I love the guys. I, I know they're working hard and that sort of thing. But bottom line, if you really want to help and you want to keep your tournament at the top level, you're going to have to give back to somebody either like First Point or somebody who's going to go out and get more scholarship opportunities for guys. Well, I think yeah, that's. No I think their their intention is to do that. Uh, I think there there's a lot of expenses out there. I guess my concern is, you know, I, you know, I don't want to see uh, us funding, you know, uh, boys basketball at the expense of funding boys volleyball right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think you know that's that's a uh, an AAU call, and I think you you want to support all sports. You don't you want to have as many sports and as many opportunities for everyone, uh, but make sure you're taking care of, you know, the, the sport that's that's giving you, you know, some of that profit. Um, See, if they don't do this, Bob, you're going to have to give your your whole income from your volleyball camps back to First Point so they can continue to function and get more right. boys volleyball. I'm trying to get somebody else to do it. I'm trying to help First Point without having to, to go into my own pocket. <laughs> it's, it's not that deep. <laughs> Anything else uh, anyone else would like to say about, about the show today before we sign off? Uh, well, there's no doubt that if you can increase opportunities at the top, the scholarship, the collegiate thing, um, instead of only being four days of boys and uh, or five days of boys and 16 days of girls, you'd have 16 days or 21 days of boys and girls because they'd have they have the same number of boys playing as girls playing in the championships. Um, because if there were 350 schools that offered scholarships for boys, you'd see volleyball clubs double and triple in size. All these clubs in Houston, there's over 35 clubs in the city of Houston, for instance, and you'd see clubs, instead of having four or six courts, you'd see them grow to even double that size because they'd have a boy's side and a girl's side because there'd be just as many boys wanting to play as girls. And uh, if you want the growth, you got to increase the collegiate chances of participation, and you'll see the youth participation grow like crazy. Here, here. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, you know, again, we're, before we sign off, you know, next week we're going to have another great show. Uh, you know, we have a couple of different people coming on in the next few weeks. Uh, we hope to have. Uh, Jamie Gordon coming on uh, prior to him taking over the uh, AVCA. Uh, you know, I think we're going to, you know, have a visit with some other pro leagues uh, later on uh, coming into the summer. So, you know, for our, for our viewers, make sure we, you stay tuned. Uh, we're sure to have a, uh, you know, a packed 
agenda of, of shows coming up in the next in next month or so before we take 